Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie and Becky Holton, and today we want to answer the question, how can we cast a vision for our church? I love this topic, vision casting. It's a topic that is so relevant and needed and exciting for church leaders to consider. And I wholeheartedly agree and hope this discussion will be even more relevant since we're on the cusp of a brand new year. Can't believe I said that. Mm -hmm. Churches tend to think about goal setting and vision casting and planning as they approach a new new year. So we hope that church leaders, they're going to find this discussion really useful as they anticipate the coming of 2022. 2022. Can you believe that? Can you believe we are already about to begin a new year? Where did 2021 go? I don't know. I, I'm, I don't even know. I feel like I'm still back in 2020. We've had a bit of a time warp going on, I think, but anyway. So where to start? Why don't we begin by talking about hmm, what we mean by a vision? I think that's a good place to start. Yeah, I do. I think that's a good place to start. Define what we mean by by vision, because when we talk about a vision, we are talking about a picture of what we believe God wants us to do or be in the months or years to come. It's a statement of how we hope things are going to be at some time in the future. It's a desired future, a hoped for future. Right. Not what will be. That, of course, is in God's hands. Right. But what we hope will be. Right. We talk about vision casting in our in-person and online Effective Church Leaders Workshop, where we say that when a church begins to cast a vision, they're trying to answer the question, where are we going? What would we like to see happen in the future? It's all about looking ahead and dreaming of what could be, about what can be done by God's grace and strength. It's, it's exciting to think that. Yes, it is. And when we encourage church leaders to cast a vision for their church, we are encouraging them to visualize what the future could look like, to consider the possibilities. Well, how important would you say a vision is to a church? How, how important is it that church leaders, they cast a picture of a desired future for their church? I mean, how, how big of a deal is this? Well, we think it's very important. First of all, having a vision gives a church goals to reach for, a dream to pursue. Mm-hmm. And without a clear picture of what we hope our church looks like in the future, how will we know that we are moving in a desired direction? How would we know that we are making progress? And speaking of a dream to pursue, wow, people need that. Mm -hmm. They need a vision that inspires and motivates them to give their best. I think there's power in an exciting vision, don't you? I do. I mean, a vision can excite people, and people want to be a part of something that's exciting and making progress. They want to be part of a dynamic movement of God. A vision encourages us to imagine and to dream what God can do through us. So having a lofty and a challenging vision, oh, it's just so critical for the church. I think people fear doldrum and getting in a in a rut. Mm-hmm. And man, when that happens in church, that's just not good. So let's talk more about this. Who who should be casting this vision? Let's begin and work on some thoughts with that. Well, I'd like to go back to something you just said and remind us if you don't mind first. Okay. If you, if and remind us that uh 
that God calls us into a great adventure yes. in his church uh, to, to go and make disciples of all nations and to baptize them and to teach them and to help people grow into the image of Jesus Christ. That is a grand vision in itself. And yes. I think too often we have watered down that vision in the church so that it becomes... Well, there isn't one. Uh, church life becomes dull and yes. unexciting and boring. You and know, so what you say, that a vision uh, is, is critical because it, is, it excites people, it inspires them, uh, it's a part of a movement. I think that's a very good reason for having a vision. You know, we got a picture this week, or maybe it was last week, of our, our, our newest little grandson, and it was a picture of his face um, in a store seeing Christmas lights for the first time. It was the most precious picture, not only because he's adorable little grandson, but it was a picture of wonder and awe. And I remember thinking, I think I've lost mine. You know, I want to dust that off for the Lord. Yeah, good. Well, now to get to your question, who should be casting the vision? Well, you don't want too many on that select committee, that's for sure. It's difficult to get anything done if a committee is too large. You can say that again. Yeah. Difficult to get consensus, much less alignment when everyone is behind a decision and supportive of it. How many is too many for this vision casting committee? What do you recommend is the best size of this team? Good question. Well, first of all, you are right. It should be a team. And we recommend that only three to eight people are on this team and certainly no more than 12. Right. And by the way, it's okay if those 8 to 12 people get input from others in the church. By all means. By all means. Get input from the elders and the staff and others in the church. But only a small number of people should be on this vision casting team so they can work together. I think that's a key point right there. They must get insight. They must get input from other people and then take that and synthesize a smaller group of people. And of course, pray, pray about it for sure. Oh, well, that we're assuming that, that listeners that there is lots of praying and fasting for sure. all of this. But we're not saying that two, three to 12 people drive this whole boat. It's, you know, get a lot of input, a lot of prayer, a lot of feedback, and then start working together. And I and I think it is important that people on this team have certain qualities, don't you? I do. I think there's some specific qualities that are really key. And, you know, first of all, I think they should be agreed or aligned as to why the church exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the very core foundational reason that they're even there. They should all agree on the stated mission of the church. So, there has to be a mission before you can cast the vision. <laughs> and you want all of them to be going on this, in the same direction, on the same page. You don't want some who think the mission of the church is to make and grow disciples, and then maybe some others to think it's to care uh, for the homeless in their community, for example. Mm-hmm. You need all to be aligned on the mission of the church. It is an absolute must. Good point. And another quality I think we could say is you want to select high-capacity leaders for this team. Right. Some of them may be some of your church's elders. Certainly, some of them should be members of the ministry staff. And some of them may not wear a title per se, but who are key leaders in the church nonetheless. I agree. And I also think an important criterion of those on, on this team is that they need to be big-picture thinkers. 
The key here is whether or not they can prioritize the overall health of the church over their specific ministry area. Mm-hmm. That's pretty key, and sometimes we don't realize that we even do that. Uh, there aren't, you know, people aren't serving on this committee to represent their ministry area or their ministry bias or preference. You need leaders who are first and foremost focused on the church. Focused on the big picture. Mm-hmm. Right. Big picture. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there may be other key qualities as well, but let me just add one more here. Uh, the people on this vision casting team need to be people who add energy to the lives of others on the committee. I like that one. Well, what we mean by that is that you don't want someone on this team who is going to drain the others, someone who is constantly pulling the team in a different direction, someone who is just hard to work with. And we might say you don't want those on the team who are just disagreeable. And please note that that's different from someone who disagrees with others. People can disagree Mm -hmm without being disagreeable. Good distinction. Yeah, you want members on this team who just work well with people. Couldn't agree more on that one. I mean, there are some people, we've served with people, they can just suck the life out of a committee meeting. You know, it's just every committee meeting is like fingernails coming down a chalkboard. It is just so hard, just very hard. So I think those are, you know, listeners, some some really good characteristics of team members that would be on this vision casting mm-hmm. committee. Well, when we take this a step further, hun, how far into the future should this team cast a vision? Are we talking about for the next three months or till the Lord returns? What? Let's talk about a timeline here. Well, we would encourage them to look out five years or more. Mm-hmm. In fact, we would recommend a five-year time horizon. Then, having developed a picture of what you hope God allows you to accomplish over the next five years, you can break those five-year goals into annual goals and even quarterly goals. Mm -hmm. Once a five-year vision has been set and approved by the leaders of the church, let's talk about what happens next. What would the next steps be? Very important. Well, that vision that uh, the team has selected and which the leaders have agreed to, that vision needs to be communicated to the church. You want to make the church aware of where you want to go in the next five years. And and more than just informing them of where you want to go, you want them to buy in to this vision. Mm-hmm. And just here, we would encourage church leaders to do something that is not so common in our experience. Right. In our experience, many churches plan a Sunday in January when they present the budget for the year. And this Sunday and its budget presentation are sort of a vision casting, well, a vision informing Sunday, I should say. Leaders may devote, you know, they usually only devote one Sunday a year to talk about a vision and the church's goals for the year. And it's usually always wrapped around dollar bills, too. It's usually budget related. On the other hand, we would recommend what we have seen a few other churches do, and that is have a vision casting season in which the church devotes maybe a month or six weeks to talking about the vision, praying about the vision, and encouraging members to get on board with the vision and to also find their role as participants in this big dream, this big vision. A vision-casting season. 
I, yeah, I like that. And on the Sundays in that four to six week period, you want to talk a lot about the vision of the church. Right. You want to talk about what it is and why it's important and how everyone needs to identify how they can contribute to the vision and the difference that it will make in the community and in the world and in the church when the vision is fulfilled. Right. And by the way, your preacher can promote the vision by preaching messages during this season that encourage the ownership of the vision. For example, we heard of a preacher who preached a short series from the book of Nehemiah during their church vision casting season. The series was entitled Building a Future, and he found parallels between Nehemiah's building of the wall and what the church would need to do to complete their vision. He used Nehemiah to see how their church could build the future God wanted them to build. It was fantastic. Essentially, the preacher was preparing the church for the next five years, what they could expect as they tried to carry out the goals that they felt God had for them and God was leading them to. Yes, and you mentioned the preacher. Your preacher folks, your preacher needs to be the one who promotes this vision. Mm -hmm. Others can as well of course, but he needs to be the point person, in our opinion. After all, he is the most visible of your leaders, and the church needs to see that he is in full support of the vision, participating in the vision, and that he is encouraging everyone to take ownership of the vision. And, well, your preacher is much like a cheerleader for the church. He encourages the church to accomplish the vision and is always saying, hey, we can do this. With God's help and grace, we can do this. Yes. And one other thing we might add is that we know of a few churches who have also started a season of prayer for the church to pray about the vision. It might be a 40 days of prayer or a few weeks of prayer or a season of prayer. But the whole church, for example, would be given some kind of a a calendar, like maybe a 40-day prayer guide. For each day, there was a scripture to read, possibly a sample prayer request, sometimes songs that would go with it, and each day focused on one aspect of the five-year vision. Boy, I just think that's such a powerful way to get not only everyone aligned on the vision, but everyone aligned with God's vision. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's just a good way to get uh, everybody buying in and mm-hmm. getting on the same page. Get on the same page, yeah. Okay, hon. Well, we've offered several suggestions, haven't we, for yes. church and ministry leaders who want to craft or cast a vision for their church or ministry. We've talked about the importance of spelling out a desired future. We've talked about the value of a five year vision and who should be casting the vision. We've discussed some of the qualities of those who were on this select vision casting team, and we've offered some suggestions on how this vision may be presented to the church. Is there anything else we want to say about vision casting before we close? Well, I think most churches may have passed the perfect time to cast the vision at this point where we're talking right now, um, because We think the really good time to unfold visions is September and October, but still, just before a new year begins is another very appropriate time to talk about vision. 
in fact, we'd certainly encourage church leaders to have a five-year vision for their church, no matter when in the course of the year they get to. If it's the 4th of July, do it. And we would be happy to help you get that ball rolling on vision casting. This is actually part of our Effective Church Leaders Workshop. So please contact us, church leaders, if we can support you in this really important work of casting a vision looking to the future, making plans where you believe God is leading you to lead your church. Right. And there is one more thing we would like to add here. We need to be sure that we craft a vision for the church that is bold, aggressive, and causes us to stretch our faith in God. Absolutely. So we would encourage you church leaders to dream big. Your vision for the future needs to be big enough that only by relying on God will the dream be realized. And it needs to be big enough to rally people's prayer, time, and financial investment. So be visionary. Dream big. Cast a vision that will excite the church and call for their sacrificial participation. That's well said. We really don't want to put a name on something that's embarrassing to God. You know, let's... Go big or go home is what I say. So, well, friends, it's time for us to say so long until next time. And next week, we hope to post our 100th episode. Can you believe that? Mm. I feel like we needed a drum roll on that. (laughs) Our 100th episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we help church and ministry leaders find answers to their questions so they can be better informed, better equipped, and lead more effectively. We hope you'll be with us then. God bless. 